Mind Gap Podcast. Welcome to Mind Gap Podcast. I'm Doug. I'm Justin, and boy, oh boy, I'm tired. Yep. <laughs> we're, 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 Doug, we're on day 11. Day 11. Day 11 what, of the dude, poops. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's set this up the right way. Okay, yeah. hold on. Let's do, uh, where, where, where are we? No, wait. Uh, hold on. All right, everyone. Everyone be cool. Everyone be cool. It's very mystic. There we go. Day 11. The sun rose over the horizon. Justin's eyes opened faintly. But it wasn't the sun that awoke him. It was the smell that hit his nostrils. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> yeah, my puppy's got the squirts. I think it's so cute you call your wife your puppy. I'm tired enough that your dad jokes are working on me. Hey, listen, that's a that's a staple around my house. That's a staple. So you're welcome. You call your wife puppy? Just like, you know, someone will say, man, I can't believe. Uh, I don't know. I just tried to re- replicate it. Uh, or someone be like, oh, your hair looks so nice. I'll just pop in and be like, thank you. You know, like I'll just in- interject or yeah. someone will be referencing to someone. I'll be like, oh, hey, sweetie. I'm like, oh, and hello to you too, Jill. As I'm looking at the dog, you know, like just interjecting dumb shit like that. That's kind of how yeah. I roll. So, you know. I like it. Yeah, that's what I do. It's, if, that's, if, the, if that's the extent of my dad jokes, then. You're in a good spot. I'm in a good spot. Because there are people who are in a worse way than that. I typically don't like dad jokes. I feel like they're, they're fucking stupid. Like they're really dumb and uh, they irritate me. Just like a lot of puns, a lot of really bad puns. I'm just like, come on, we can do better than that. You know, I, so you're not a pun. You're not a pun guy. Mm-mm. Nope. I, and here's the thing. He'd be so disappointed to hear. Oh, that. he knows. He knows. He knows. We've we've been there. Now, there's, there's a good pun. I mean, a really good pun. You know, I'm, I'm here for it. You know, but just the lazy, you know, the lazy stuff. I'm like, get out of here. You know, I don't. I, I, we can do better than that as a, as a society. We can do that. We can do better. Yeah. So, so hey, there's a, there's a whole bunch of poop in your house, huh? There is, yes. Um, well, there's not anymore because I clean it up very, very efficiently. But uh, yeah, we, I don't know. Uh, when you get a dog from the shelter, a lot of times they, they come preloaded with some sort of parasites that you have to work with, you know, and, and get out with medication. Um, we also made the mistake of changing his food just a hair too fast. Um, and I think the hookworm combined with, uh, with the food the diet change um, really did a number on his poor little tummy. And so, like I said, we're on day 11 and uh, here's the thing. Practical Doug, practical Justin has broken. He broke a few days ago, uh, but practical Doug will love this one. So during the day, there might be, he, he might go six hours without pooping during the day, six, seven hours without pooping at night. He'll go three or four times. You tell me why. 
and we feed them in the morning, we feed them at noon and we feed them at night. So there's, there is like the variables are minimal. Like I can't really figure out what happened here, but like his whole, uh, shit, Cadian, uh, rhythm, not circadian rhythm, but the shit rhythm has just shifted. And now it's, he's a night pooper. I love how you're like, you tell me, Doug, you tell, tell me, me. you're commanding I, me. Tell me why. I, <laughs> tell me why no, this is happening. I keep telling Beth, I need someone to tell me because it doesn't make sense. And it's driving me insane. I can't figure it out. I'm like, he's fine during the day. And then at night, it's just like. <gasps> I'm not a, a bowel soothsayer. Um, <laughs> nor am I that with with dogs. But tell my me, experience. From what I, you know, I'm not uh, the Nostradamus of the, uh, you know, the butthole, you know. <laughs> who is? Am I right? <laughs> right. I mean, I want to meet that guy. And let's face it. It's a guy who is the Nostradamus I mean, of the butthole. That, a, ain't, a, that unless, ain't a woman. All right. Unless really throw you for a loop. Yeah. It's a, it's a woman who just really can predict everything butthole related. No, I'm going to say odds are it's a dude. Because dudes are obsessed with buttholes. So, you know. You're not wrong. Yeah. I know. I know, Justin. Uh, but it, it, my limited wisdom when it comes to animals, uh, particularly puppies, is that usually you feed them and then within a short amount of time, the everything moves through their system and then, you know, it's, it's poopy time. So the idea that he can get up, eat breakfast, eat lunch, and then eat dinner and they're like, all right. It's all coming out at the same time. I've been waiting. It's it's. I'm sure it's a phase. Um, I don't think I it's going to be like let's let's unload this all at night sort of situation. Which I mean, if you ever away and you're like, don't worry, we'll know he'll just poop at night. I mean, maybe that'll be some sort of comfort. But for now, you're like, that's right. the thing that sucks about having a puppy is you're constantly looking at their their uh, body language. You're like, do you need to go? Do you need to go? That's it too. Is, is Every this it? time like, you start sniffing, I'm like, are you exploring or is this a sign? And I'm, yeah. Yeah, I got yeah. hypersensitive to that with Loki where I was just like, oh my God, does she need to go out? <laughs> She's like, <laughs> and now, now I'm going to give you, you know this because you have Abby, but here's some light at the end of the tunnel. The last several nights, Loki has like come to wake us up to basically be like, please let me outside because I need to poop. And it's and the nicest just, thing. Yes. Absolutely. Like if she she'll jump into bed and if she if she lays right down, you're mm -hmm. like, oh, she just wanted to get up in the bed. But if she jumps in and she hovers over your face, you're like, oh, you're <laughs> you this is go. your you get up now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I, and I, it's wonderful when you've got a dog that can communicate that shit. This morning when I got up, I opened the door and Loki was right there. Just sitting there right there. She's immediately wagging her tail, which is always a, a delightful thing. I'm like, oh, hey, she's wagging her tail. She's just following me around. I'm like, you probably need to take a shit. Like I can. I, yeah. Because over the weekend, I left the door open a crack. And at one point she came barreling in two paws up on the bed and was like, hey, uh, I kind of got something here. Gotta go, bro. Gotta go. Can yeah. we go? And I was like, all right, all right, all right. And I like let her out and it's just like massive dump. Just like, yeah. I'm like, we've come a long way, Loki. I'm very proud of you. And I was like, look at this sweet girl. So, you know, yeah, it's, uh, it's, 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 it, it gets there, but yeah, I don't know, man. I just, the stress of trying to deal with a puppy who is constantly like wandering off. You're like, where are you going? No. Yep. And that's the thing too, is I want to trust him to be like, yeah, go explore the house, but I don't want to find a surprise later on. Yeah. And I know I will without yeah. a, without a doubt, it's either going to be something's torn up mm -hmm. or there's a little bit of him left behind. Yeah. 
So yeah. how old is he now? He is four and a half months. Four months. We'll, yeah. we'll call it. Yeah, he's got yeah. a long way to go. So I, yeah, and that's the and that's the thing is like I I know eventually. Well, I hope eventually it gets better. I there's there's a very there's like a two percent sliver of me that's like this is the rest of my life. Yeah. I will never. It'll never get better. Yeah, no, I remember the same thing when we had Loki and she was a puppy. I was like, why the fuck did we do this? I remember just being like, God, this was a mistake. You know, right. <laughs> My brother was like, hey, dude, by age three, it's going to be great. I'm like, that's so far away. <laughs> it's so, that's so wrong. That's so far away. I was like, I can't even fathom <laughs> leaving her alone. You know, and now it's like we can't. We can leave right. her at the house for several hours, and she's cool, and it's sure. it's good. You know, we don't have to like leave her in the crate all the time. We give her free reign of the house, which is awesome. So yeah. it's been really good. But yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's I my heart goes out to you, man. It's it's there's nothing worse than waking up and be like, ah, oh, there's shit everywhere. <laughs> right. Well, and that's yeah. And the thing is, like I said, like I have been setting the my my uh, alarm every two hours. I get <sighs> up every two hours and I go and check. And somehow, like I'll take it, like our, like the alarm will go off at midnight. I'll take him out. He does his thing. I'm like, great. Maybe we make it two more hours. And it doesn't matter whatever times I set it for. Somehow he finds the in between times, and I'll wake up like that two o'clock hour. Oh, mm-hmm. it's almost a it's like almost a constant. I'll wake up and I'll and I've tried to set it for like one forty five, one thirty. Doesn't matter when I adjust it. I always miss that window by that much, and I'm like this. So like two o'clock for me is like that. It's the horror hour. Like I'll, I'll wake up and I'm like, you may as well have just said bloody Mary in the mirror three times because this is happening. Yeah. I, I, I mean, here's what's going to happen. You're going to train yourself to, to basically get all your important sleep within two hours. So basically you only need to sleep for two hours. That's how it's going to go. I'm going to be like the rock. That's what he does. He gets four hours to sleep and he's brightest button. I mean, I know a lot of military guys do that. They train themselves to basically oh, it's a it's a grueling process where yeah. they takes them several weeks, but eventually they train their body basically like when I lay my head down, I go to sleep and your body <laughs> instantly goes into like the exact type of sleep that you need. It goes deep and yeah. hard. And for two hours, you come up, you're like, cool, I got everything that I needed. <laughs> and they can they can basically, you know, live on two hours. It's not ideal, I, but they can make it happen. I was like, I, that just sounds like a recipe for dementia as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, it's not, it's not uh, good for the brain health. No, I know it's not, that it's not good. Um, and I also remember getting really frustrated because one of the first long trips we took Loki on was up to New Buffalo, which is only like an hour and 15 minutes away. Yeah. But she made it the whole way. We pull into the beach, you know, to get out and she barfs right then and there. Just we had just pulled in and she goes, I'm like, 30 seconds, we would have been out of this van. I was so mad. I was like, God (laughs) damn it. (laughs) And I was like, that's like one stoplight. That's it was like I was doing the practical Doug math. I was like, this was just seconds away from being successful. And I was like, God damn it, man. God damn it. So pissed. So pissed. So upset. Oh, my God. Shout out to Siren. who's like, oh, we talking about puppers. You're damn right. We're talking about puppers. Uh, I say when I was young, I got ready break out. It's a type of porridge oats. I was wanting to make breakfast for myself and my parents. I got three bowls. I was shaking the ready break around the kitchen, covering both our border collies. They thought it was snowing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it was a fun day for them. They were just were like, like, oh, yay. This is what I'm talking about. We're going to roll on this. I'm going to go sit in the couch. That's hilarious. 
Yeah. Speaking of Siren, hey, did you know that we, you know, live stream our podcast on Tuesdays at 7 p.m.? You could be cool like Siren and join us right here. Be a part of the show. YouTube.com slash Podcast. Check us out. Check us out all the check out all the other cool stuff we got there, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, do it. It's a plug for ourselves. Yeah. It's a plug. Yeah. Speaking of plugs. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Speaking of plugs. Um so uh I have been I mentioned this last week when I didn't have a lot to like recommend. Uh, mm-hmm. but I have been rewatching Game of Thrones. Yes, you have. And yeah. I've I was surprised about this because you had such visceral feelings about the last two seasons when they aired. We, yes. You can it's on tape. Everyone can go back and listen to it. There was there was uh no love lost there. For no, sure. I was I was very disappointed with the series, and it left a really bad taste in my mouth to the point where when House of the Dragon came out, I was like, "Go fuck yourself! I'm not doing this again." Right. And I really drug my feet. You watched it. You gave it good praise. I saw in general people were like, "Hey, it's pretty good." My brother was like, "You should check it out." I was like, "Fine, I'll do it." Begrudgingly. Begrudgingly, I did. And then I was like, "All right, that show that was, that was great, great first season. I'm super pumped." And I was like. Mm. Because I thought about rewatching Game of Thrones and just going through season six and then stopping. I'd okay. be like, cool, yeah. I did this. But then I was like, hey, you know what? I just I'm in the Game of Thrones mood. I just kept on watching House of the Dragon. Let's let's watch this. Let's see let's see what we can what we can do with. And I've just torn through it. I'm on the last season right now. And um and it's been an interesting rewatch because it's not as bad as I remember. It's not as good as I remember. So like the high highs and the low lows have kind of like been leveled out. They've been normalized. Okay. And okay. Um, you've gone through an emotional compressor. Yes, that's exactly what it was. Uh, and um, I've enjoyed it. And even especially like his season seven and eight really pissed me off initially. Yep. I think part of it was the pacing because, you know, what should have been just a season because typically they would do like. 10 to 12 episodes I think for a season they were like we're going to do season 7 which is 8 episodes we're going to do season 8 which is 7 episodes or 8 whatever they basically did 15 they did a whole season split in 2 I was like you guys are fucking dicks they're just trying to stretch this out Um, and I think expectations were insanely high and I felt like they fell short in a lot of ways Okay. but upon getting back through this again I haven't been as bothered I think partially because A I know what what's going to happen so i'm kind of like all right cool i know what to expect and because of that because expectations are out the window and i know it's going to happen i can just sit and sort of enjoy it just appreciate and watch it and some of the things that bothered me was like the fast travel because in the previous seasons like it took a long time for people to get from point a to point b absolutely in the later seasons it's like we gotta fly from the iron islands up to the wall we do it and it's like, uh, okay, like, well, how long does that take? And how long right, were they? An hour long episode. They get there. I was like, how long were they stuck on this frozen lake, surrounded by the undead, before you know Daenerys gets there with her dragon to save him? I'm like, uh, I don't know, man. And I, I got really hung up on that. It didn't bother me as much this time. I'm like, yeah, whatever. What are you gonna do? You know, I was yeah. like, it's fine. It's what it is. Um, and you know, the character arcs are pretty solid for the most part. Um, but I got to season eight, episode three, which is called the long night. Okay. And that's the one that's a big battle sequence that happens at night at Winterfell. Spoiler alert, by the way, for anyone who hasn't seen this show, it's, it's going to happen. I'm going to bring down the hammer, bring down, bring down the thunder. 
Um, but I remember watching this episode and being disappointed. And this is one where I feel the same way after watching it again. And so this one has not eased. There's no, there's no compression on this one. This one no. is still wildly, this one infuriates you. Yeah, this one still pissed me off and for a very specific reason. All right, let me hear it. All right, so I need to preface this by saying, just like I'm not a butthole Nostradamus, I'm also not a military tactical expert. I'm not a okay. commandant. I'm not a commander. I'm not a general. I'm not an admiral. I'm not a Space Force capitan. Um, you know, I'm none of that I stuff. Thank you for clarifying that. I, I, I think it needs a to be said. Clear on your on your background, but yeah, my credentials have been in question for a long time, and I feel like I need to set the record straight. So, uh, that being said, what I do know from Battle Tactics comes from video games, uh, from things like you know real time strategy games like Warcraft, uh, you know Total War, um, things of that nature, Age of Mythology, Age of Empires, uh, games where you build armies and you sure. send them out to fight other combatants. And part of the thing about that is that over the time I've learned there's like basic things with basic units. You've got things like cavalry units, you've got infantry units, and you've got, you know, ranged units, and you've got siege. And all of them are strong against something and weak against other stuff. There's like a rock, paper, scissor things that goes with it. So like cavalry is really good against like light armored things. So it's like archers, siege weapons, like they swoop in, they attack them, they tear them up, they move on. They're really good. They're also very fast. Infantry are typically like depending on what type of infantry, but if they have spears, they're good against cavalry. So, you know, that's anti cavalry. Archers, really good against infantry because they can shoot them from a distance. Siege weapons, really good against fortifications. That's kind of how all that stuff works. And I think, all, I think again, I'm not, not, not an expert. That stuff is based on historical things and how they've been used in the past. Okay. So, that is my baseline going into the show and I remember watching the show and other people broke this down like at the time but I think we need to revisit this again so th this episode starts with all of the cavalry out in front okay so they have a fortification they have the castle Winterfell, Winterfell very heavily fortified right so they've got cavalry and then behind the cavalry are their siege equipments their catapults and yep. behind the catapults are the infantry that are outside of the castle and then on the castle ramparts are the archers okay this isn't this seems flawed to me because the cavalry are going to move the cavalry are not going to stay right like they're that, that's their job is not to be stationary that would be dumb right. that'd be pointless right. so that so means the when the, that means when the cavalry leaves the siege weapons are exposed <laughs> to all right. sorts of attacks now you could argue well doug the siege weapons have limited range so they got to be someplace to be you know effective okay I guess that makes sense, but then wouldn't you want to protect them? You know? So already that's that's flawed to me. And we're like, all right, okay. So these Dothraki, the cavalry, they line up. The red wizard lady's like, fire flame on! She turns fire onto their sides, and they just go fucking charging into the darkness. This is in the middle of the night. It's magical darkness. They can't see shit. They light up their sides, and they just fucking charge headlong into the darkness because they're like, the undead are here. They're like, we got this. And they just go. They, they just do their war cries, and they go. And it was so dumb because they can't even see where the enemy is. But they're just like, 
full steam ahead. While they're charging, they're that way ish. They're like there. While they're charging, they go send in the siege, and they start firing siege weapons, which are flaming balls of artillery stuff. Which right. immediately made me go, why didn't you start with the artillery? Why didn't you start with the siege weapons? Fire that stuff out there with with fire, and right. light up the landscape so you could at least see where these things are. And also, you're gonna thin them out. When I play these types of games, I'm a conservative asshole. What I do is, you know, I say, you know, cut funding to Social Security, cut funding to Medicare, and most important, <laughs> turtle up and hit them, to, hit them, beat them down with your siege equipment. You know, right. that's what you got to do. It's just how Ron DeSantis plays. Exactly. <sighs> because the point is, if they don't have siege, which they don't, you got to, they have to come to you. Because exactly. you're just going to sit there, pick them off. You're going to weaken them. If they're human, or they're not in this case, they're undead. They don't think, feel, or whatever. Um, you will demoralize them. They'll get beat up. They might get scared. They might run away. So you, right. you're like, your objective is to take me. So I'm going to make you fucking pay for it. I have the shit that's going to make this happen. And when I play games like Total War, whatever, and I have artillery, and the other team does it, I'm like, you're going to fucking pay for it. You're going to have to get to me, and I'm going to pelt you to death with it. I will probably weaken your army significantly, but so and you're going to be tired by the time you get to me. So then I'm, I've got fresh troops just waiting for you. Can you imagine that? you got to run across a field, and you're like, mm -hmm. ah, dodging shit, dodge. yeah, exactly. psychologically taking this stuff, and then you get there, and you're like, <laughs> and the other guy's like, hey, man. Welcome. Welcome. Yeah, and stab you with a spear. You know, like, that's just how it goes. Yeah. So, but they don't do that. They, like, charge. And while the Dothraki are charging, they fire, like, I don't know, a couple shots. And right. the Dothraki, it's, and don't get me wrong, this is a really cool cinematic shot. Because you see it from a distance. You watch as their flaming scythes slowly start to get snuffed out. Bit by bit. The screams stop. What do the battle cries stop? And you just watch all the lights go out. And I'm like, awesome. So here's what we know at this point about the White Walkers, right? The super powerful guy, the Night King, can raise people from the dead. Mm -hmm. So you just sacrificed all of your cavalry and those horses. And when the guy just decides to raise his hand up, all of them will get up and now be reinforcing the undead army. Right. Also, Bravo, you morons. Some of the best warriors in the world are now part of your undead army. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, congrats. And they know this. People, they've literally, we've established that in the episode Hard Home when Jon Snow and the wildlings watch as, like, the undead attack. And then there's this creepy part at the end where the Night King just raises his hands up and everyone that fought and died rise up and they come undead. They know this information. Right. So, the wildlings know it. They're fighting. Jon Snow knows it. They're fighting. Someone should have been like, we probably shouldn't just, like, charge them in like that. What right. you should do, use your siege, put them behind your infantry, the unsullied, the amazing spear guys, right? Have them protect in the front, and as the undead charge, hit them with your siege, have the cavalry off to the sides, so once they come and engage with the infantry, it's kind of known as tar pitting, right? It means they're engaged, they can't break free. You then come in from the sides, and you hit them with your cavalry. Hit Pull back, hit, pull back, shock troops, right? That would be the ideal way to use them. Instead, it's like, go get them, boys! And they all die. They all die. They're dead. They're dead. Doug, I don't believe for a goddamn second that you're not an actual 17-star general. 
No, I mean, if you put me into a battle, I'd be like, I don't know, man. Like, I don't, I don't know. You just laid out a perfect battle plan for me. What are you talking about? This sounds like someone who's trying to hide their past, Doug. <laughs> My past of what? Suspect that I'm on you. <laughs> I was a I'm general. On you. Yes. A general in the fake island of Westeros. <laughs> Who knows, man? Anything's possible in this world. Uh, so that happens, right? And then, so all the cavalry get annihilated, and then yeah. the undead come a charging. And at that point, the siege weapons, I guess, are just forgotten about, and they just get absolutely destroyed. I assume you don't see anything. They take two shots, and that's it. They're gone. You're like, great, well, right. well done. So the infantry start getting just smashed by this undead horde, right? And we watch all these guys just get killed and just get murdered, whatever. And not once, not once do you see the fucking archers on the ramparts shoot a goddamn arrow. They're not shooting. They should be shooting as the undead advance. It's like, you know, you do your volleys. They don't. They don't shoot until the infantry are so overwhelmed they start retreating back into the castle. And then they're like, then you finally see them go, oh, we gotta, we've got to do our job, you know? Which I'm like, what right. are you doing? What are you doing? Longbows, fucking launch that shit and let's go. Let's fucking go. So that annoyed me. So then Castle gets overrun. Fine, whatever it is, what it is. But then there's this weird sequence where like Arya is, it's almost like a horror film or she's a zombie film where she's trying to sneak through yeah. the library and there's zombies there and she's trying to be quiet. It just seems like such a giant waste of time. Like I'm the like, kitchen scene from Jurassic Park mixed yeah. with, you know, yeah. Because we see. Outside of that, there's this frantic you know, flurry of chaos and fighting and death. But for some reason, they slow down everything to be like, by the way, these things are kind of scary. You know, let's see how scary they are. These things are just rabid, mindless things to just run around. For some reason, they're just like, they're just slur, you know, just like through a library. I'm like, this is really dumb. Yeah. And then, you know, and then we get to, you know, the, the end of the episode where Bran, the three eyed ravens is sitting in the godswood and... For whatever reason, they're like, we've got the Ironborn here, which is great, but they all have fucking bows and arrows, which don't right. get me wrong. They're great shots, but guess what? This is going to become close quarters action, and all of them just get Very fucking, quickly. they get, uh, what's what's the, it was the office linebacker, you know, whatever that, that episode. Tate. Yeah, Terry Tate just comes in, just starts tackling these guys, and I'm like, this isn't what you, no, like, have a couple of them, but don't you, aren't you going to have some guys that have, like, a spear or sword and board, something, something like, yeah. you know? Just to like prevent or bottle them up or pull some three hundred level shit, and they're just like all sitting there like ah, ah, as they've got their bows and arrows. I'm like, and then at the end, fucking uh, Theon has a has a spear or whatever, and he's doing some stuff. And I was really hard on that scene initially because Theon just does like I don't know. I always I I know it was, it was meant to be powerful, but he just like sure. screams and in slow motion charges the Ice King, who just like doesn't even flinch. I was like, it seemed pointless, but I give it more credit because Theon had always run from everything up until that this point. This is his moment. To so stand. he's like, I'm not running, even in the face of death. So I, I, right. I give it a lot more credit. But sure. I also think it was the way that it was filmed really bothered me because he's just like, ah, and there's this powerful music. And I'm like, I don't know, man, something he's about the visuals. making it, man. Everyone like, knows it. Yeah. I was like, ah. And then it ends, um, you know. With the Night King is about to approach Bran. He's going to try and kill Bran. And then Arya, who we haven't seen since the library. I mean, minutes have gone by. I mean, you've forgotten about her. And she just, like, teleports into the courtyard to try and stab the Night King. And this courtyard is full of all of, like, the Night King's lieutenants, the right. undead. They're there. I, I don't know where she her. came from. 
just like in a flurry of like like uh snow just like powder it just all of a sudden she just comes out of this well you see you see the night king like he's going to unsheath his sword and then in the background behind him you see her going "Ah!" coming in and the only thing i can liken it to is if anyone's ever played world of warcraft and you play as a rogue there was a building called shadow step where you would pick your target and you would use the ability and you would teleport behind them so you could backstab them. I imagine she used that ability, except instead she's going, ah! I'm like, if you're being sneaky, you don't do a battle cry and try to stab someone in the back. And it was really upsetting. I'm glad she killed him, but that bothered me back then when I first saw it. It bothered me again where I'm like, God, this is dumb. You know, it's so dumb because where the fuck did she come from? We spent so much time being like, where's Arya? Well, she's in the library right now, but we skip over the part where it's like, well, how'd she get from the library to the Night King? Ah, details, you know? Well, I'm wondering, because she was trained, uh, what is that, by the the man who has no name or whatever? Uh, Yeah, the nameless, uh, the the faceless faceless men. Yeah. Yeah. Like, she was trained in that that compound. Like, so, and they were doing some crazy shit, right? Like, maybe they have shadow step. Maybe that's a thing. Uh, We didn't see anything that would have led us to believe that Maybe she could she teleport the face of one of the lieutenants that, she that would have been some her. wild shit if she just like steps up behind and then she just goes <laughs> and they're like we had no idea <laughs> we're the worst guards ever you know we thought she was dead god damn it you know and seth goes uh and why the fuck was it her i was really annoyed when i first saw this that it was Arya that killed him because it seemed yeah. like they were setting up John to do it. Yeah. Um, but that episode, I think, was a lot about... It's actually, if you read the description for the episode, it's like Arya proves her abilities as warrior, as being a warrior. So it was really, yeah, that episode was about Arya proving herself to be like a knight. You know, someone that can fight. And I think the second time watching it, I didn't. it didn't bother me as much that Arya did it. Yeah. But it felt like... It didn't have the same impact, you know, um, Seth said subvert your expectations, I think was the line they were trying to feed us. Yeah, I think they were trying to be like, ha, you know, it's, you know, it just yeah. I don't think it had the impact that it could have. I don't know. I don't know. I get I was more lukewarm to it this time than before. I was like, this is fucking dumb because I remember going to work after watching people like it's so fucking badass. Arya is such a badass. I'm like, was she? Because she just fucking teleported. All right? It's bullshit. I don't I mean, get it. Look, Arya, undoubtedly, she became one hell of a fucking warrior. Like, she was, or, like, she she, gave, she she got skills on skills on skills, and she put her time in and fucking trained like a motherfucker. But Undisputed. At the same at the same time, I did, I did have the same, I do remember having that same feeling of, like, I don't, I'm not upset that, She's the one that dealt the final blow, but I'm also confused by it. I think yeah. that's where I was more like I'm not upset by it. Like I'm fine with it. Like I think that's badass. But at the same time, why her? There's so many people that it could have been, and mm-hmm. she felt like she like maybe tangentially was linked to what was going on. Like it, she wasn't directly in the path of for the majority of of the show was not directly in the path of anything that had been going on in that uh, like on the march down from the north Mm -hmm. that makes sense yeah well it's also like we saw her trained to be an amazing assassin she's basically a rogue like stealthy poisoning people and i would say we murdering people assume that she's able to then she's got some skills like but 
We see her do all this amazing shit, and then what does she do? She screams as she goes to assassinate somebody with a knife. <laughs> yeah. We watch Maybe her play. It's so cool. Talk. She plays. She assassinates Walter Frey, right? And then she puts on his face and assassinates his entire family. She plays it so fucking cool. She goes and duels with Brienne of Tarth, one-on-one -on -one with a rapier. She's just like cool as can be. Right. But when it comes to this pitiful moment, she goes, ah! and what happens? Night King turn around, grabs her by the throat, stops right. her mid because anyone with ears can hear someone doing that. I'm here. Yeah. The cool move is she goes, ah! and he stops her and he grabs her hand that has the knife. And then she does the old like drop, catch it with the one underneath and then stab. Yeah. So that part was cool, but everything Yo, else leading up to it, I'm like, you're betraying your skills. You betrayed yourself. Like, Unless she wanted to get caught and maybe she had trained specifically with that. That was her like. I'm going to stop here, Arya devil's Stark. advocate right here, Hold sir. On, I'm just saying maybe that was the Arya Stark move that she that she she came up with and honed in the house of the faceless man or whatever the fuck his non name is. And, uh, you know, she was like. This is my go-to. This is my finishing move, you know? Like, she no, was basically... That's stupid. <laughs> she, was, she was just waiting in the wings, and all of a sudden she heard... Finish him! And then she did that, and she's like... Fatality. And that yeah. was it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, on her way there to kill him, it's... <laughs> and he's, he's like, wait, what? What's coming to kill me? <laughs> um, yeah. So. so so this so this episode still gave you a little bit of agita, but yeah. why why do you think in general you're okay with the why did you go through the emotional compressor? Why why are you not nearly as overall aggravated with with the final two seasons as you had been? I think part of it is I'm taking a a, a little bit of a a nod from Jared. And that I like the way Jared watches things and that he just consumes them and he enjoys them because yeah. the majority of that show I very much enjoy. Like it's sure. it's it's a fascinating fantasy, you know, world that's based on some real life historical events, you know, particularly the dragons. Um, you know, but the idea like what, what fascinated me about House of the Dragon was it's it's not a show about war, not yet anyway. But right. it was a show about it was a show about um Who's going to fucking rule? And you saw like all the alliances, the the idea of the duty to make heirs, because if you don't, then your line, your your path to the throne is broken. And all I saw from that show and then also watching Game of Thrones is like, man, fuck being the king. Like <laughs> Jesus Christ, yeah. the what a nightmare. What an, that's not all it's cracked up to be. What an absolute nightmare. And to some degree, I mean, that's a lot of what happened with monarchies and stuff back hundreds of years ago, you know, where people would try to essentially make peace through marriage. And, mm -hmm. you know, if someone had a bastard child, it's like that you don't have a claim to the throne. Now someone else can have a more viable you know, claim or, oh, you're a woman. Yeah, a woman can't rule. It's got to be a guy. And just the nonsense that people would do and go through and not only that, but the fucking inbreeding people would do to just oh, yeah. make that oh, shit happen. And so all that stuff being said, like rewatching it, I mean, it is a solid story. There's some really great story arcs with some of the characters like Sansa, 
Jon Snow, Arya, like all of them had some really, really cool trajectories and you get to see them grow and it's really fucking it's awesome and you know just the i don't know the idea the idea of having power always just i've said it before i'll say it again dude i don't want power i don't yeah i don't want to be a manager you know what would you do if it was thrust on you like what happened like you know what was that was that uh oh god was it john goodman where he was was it King George? I think oh, was the name of it. Yeah, yeah. Where basically, yeah, he was uh, a long lost relative. Uh, so the the monarchy in England got together for a family photo. The lawn had flooded, and they all got electrocuted by the lights, and they all died. And he was the last living descendant, like a third cousin, twice removed, whatever it was. And he got to come over and be king. If that happened, and somehow the oh no, you're Scottish. So let's say the Scottish. There's, you know, the You're the guy that didn't fuck sheep in your family. So, you know, you know. So, yeah. So what, what happens if like, let's say Scotland just got dumped in your lap? What would you do? Oh my God. It's just, I don't want to be in charge. I like I, how you got a knot in your stomach just from the I hypothetical. Just, I mean, there was a <laughs> point in my life when I worked at the hotel where I was like, there was for a briefest of moment, I was like, I think it'd be cool to be the general manager of a hotel. Just for, And then it was just like, like a fart in the wind. It went away. I'm like, that would suck. That would be a nightmare. <laughs> yeah. Because I'd be responsible for this property. I would never right. be able to have time off because I'd always have, because I saw the general manager was constantly, he was on vacation. He was constantly answering and sending emails. He was checking sure. in with things. Like, I'm like, what a fucking nightmare to have to yeah. manage this entire property. And that's one, that was one building in Chicago. I can't imagine being in charge of a country, you right. know, let alone a powerful one that has standing in the world. And to be in charge of the people, like I follow political news all the time. I'm like, God, I don't know how, who wants to make these decisions. You're fucked either way. Like uh-huh. it's, it's no good. And it's, oh, it's, yeah. it's so easy to be like, well, this is what should be done. But it's like, yeah, but that ain't going to happen. You're going to have to make concessions. You got to try and appease some people and realize when is the right time to basically be like, you know, fuck someone over and mm-hmm. also preparing, like trying to play like three steps ahead. Where it's right. like, well, we'll just do this, and we'll, it's a fucking, it's what a miserable life, and to and to what to have power, <laughs> to basically be like, hey, let's nuke that country, like I. To it's get- a certain kind of person that 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 um, hungers for that kind of power to get flown around in a jet. That's all yours. Like, congrats. Yeah. Like, I don't. Yeah, you're I don't, absolutely I don't right. I know how to play chess. I don't really enjoy it because I don't like thinking that many steps ahead. Anytime I would I would watch uh, any any show that was like uh, you know political thriller or intrigue like like House of Cards you know before Spacey you know, went you know uh, yeah um, when it first came out everyone was into it uh, just watching how he would man- uh, everyone would manipulate and put something in play if I do this. That's going to trigger this person to do this, who will do this, who will do and this per and then they're they're setting things up that will pay off months down the road for themselves. There are people who truly do operate that way. I my brain does not work that way. I can't even write a script where someone else is doing that, let alone do it for myself. So I would be the world the world's worst, the world's worst politician. Could not I'm, do it. I'm also too nice. Like I I'm always yeah. gonna assume people have good intentions and they don't. And exactly. 
I, I just don't have the stomach nor the disposition for that. So if someone's right. like, actually, Doug, you know, you are the true heir to the throne. I'd be like, ah, okay. I identify with Jon Snow. They're like, hey, man, you, uh, you know, you, he's like, I don't want this. Right. I, they're like, maybe that's why you should have it. He goes, no, I don't want to no. do this. It sounds like a nightmare. It's like, yeah. As my first decree as ruler of this land, pass. No more kings. It's over. <laughs> kings, yeah. I will rest now. Like just, yeah, it's it's an absolute nightmare. So to answer your question, um, it's a solid show. It doesn't necessarily end the way. I mean, I'm, I'm about to finish it up, um, you know, but but I, I definitely, I give I forgive a lot more than when I first watched it because I had expectations of where I wanted to go. And I think because it didn't meet those expectations, like uh, I, I just watched the scene where, you know, Cersei dies. Spoiler alert. And um, it's one of those things that um, I remember being super fucking pissed when I watched it because I'm like, yeah. that's not how she should fucking die. It's fucking bullshit. She in the belly of the cave, right? Or the castle, right? With, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Basically the castles, you know, crumbling. Watching. I got pissed that Jamie went back originally. But then this time I was like, actually, that makes sense. I mean, if you think of it from a character standpoint, you're like, yep, yeah, absolutely. His his loyalties lie there. For yeah, sure. That's exactly that's exactly what it is. So um I was I was disappointed in some of the outcomes and now I'm like, it is what it is. It's fine. You know, I feel like Cersei needed to have a more poetic end. Um and I was like, that's nah, fine. Like I just a lot of the stuff I've let go because again, I know how it ends, and I'm like, all right, it's fine now. I think sure. so. I think a lot of what I disliked was the expectations. You know, my okay. they didn't didn't meet where that. I thought it would go, and I think now I'm more at peace with it, and it's you know it's a it's a decent it's a decent one. <laughs> Siren goes, I decree, I must fart. Yes, I would decree that everyone has to get a fart soundboard. That's what right? I would say. There's, yeah, Doug, Doug's got a few things he would decree first before he gave up the monarchy. Yeah, I feel like you would you would get a few things in just to like kind of set precedent, and then you're like, now I'm out, Mike. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Siren was talking about a game they used to play too called King of Avalon, and she they they remembered the troops from that game. The rally order was infantry, cavalry, bowmen, and siege. And I was like, yeah, that's right. That's that's what we know is is from those games, how that stuff works yeah. and how it operates. And uh yeah. So all in all, I've actually really enjoyed rewatching it. And um yeah, it's been it's been pretty solid, you know? It's been pretty pretty so solid would, going through it. You would uh so uh, let me ask you this then. Do you think you would feel the same way if you revisited Star Wars again? Um, Star Wars isn't as like, like the Game of Thrones is a commitment. I mean, you're like, I'm right. But I'm like, do you, think up to- could, do you think you could f- feel better about Star Wars? Because you got, you got pretty angry about the way, uh, the trilogy, the, the third trilogy went. Yeah. I'm kind of over Star Wars at this point. I just still, okay. So nothing, we haven't got it. Nothing about it. I, I think I watched, did I watch season two of the Mandalorian? I think I did. Definitely didn't watch season three. I forgot. I I was midway through season three and I got distracted. Um, I I've heard Andor's good, so I do want to check that out at some point. Um, I just I've heard multiple people say Andor is without a doubt one of the best Star Wars properties that has been produced. That's what I've and heard. I was, like I've I've heard more than one pe- person say that, and I, it surprises me. So because I, I did the same thing, I was like, I don't know if I want to give this a shot, and I definitely need to go back and watch it now. Siren goes, would Doug fall for Leia again? Always. Always I would fall for Leia. What are you talking Always. about? Um, 
Yeah, He's Star a Wars. Yeah. I mean, what else are you going to do? Yeah. Um, yeah, I just. Star Wars was broken for me with the prequels, and it's never really recovered after that, yeah. as far as I'm concerned. So, you know, they just keep yeah. making shit, and I'm like, good for you. But, you know, there's a new Jedi Fallen Order, I think, game that came out. I was like, couldn't care less. Just yeah. any games that come out, I'm like, don't care. <clears throat> There's a TV show with, you know, for kids. It's a new one that came out. Uh, it's like about young Jedi. I'm like, don't care. Just don't yeah. care. People are like, you watch the Clone Wars TV show? I'm like, nope, don't care. Just couldn't care less about any of it. Just, just yeah. I just do not do not give a shit. So, um, and it's, it's just, I don't know if I'll ever come back to it. Uh, the only thing that would happen would be is if they basically did a brand new thing that was either way far in the past or way far in the future of what we know. And yeah. then maybe I do enjoy the, um, the anime things that they do that, that the first, reasons. the first season they did. And then they're coming out with the second season of it. Right. And that stuff is awesome because it's short contained stuff that does not tie to any larger universe. And I fucking love it. I, if I'm not mistaken, I think they're going to go back and they're going to, they're planning on doing one. Is it like the, the Knights of the Old Republic or something like that. Like the, yeah. basically they're going to go back like 2,000 years and they're going to start like like way before the people we know. Yeah, I've heard about that. I know, I know that I think they're working on it right now. But again, maybe. And I'll re- I need yeah. to rely on uh, word of mouth for that because yeah. I'm like, mm, I don't know. I don't know if I'm going mean, to get there. Some people call it art. Some people say art is dumb sometimes. You're fucking right. You're fucking right about that. Who here likes art? Raise your hand. Go ahead. Right, go ahead put, down. Before we go on, hey, just remember, uh, if you, how did you feel about Game of Thrones then? And if you've rewatched it recently now, let us know in the comments. Tell us what you think yeah. about it. Does it, yeah. is it. Does it hold up or were you pissed off when you first watched it? Did you love it? We'd love to know all of your thoughts. Let us know. Do um, you still hold a fiery rage against it? Yeah. Do you? Or all these you, years later? Or do you just, you know, look at it and say nothing dead. Nothing dead can die, you know? What's dead may never die. There we go. I got there. I was like, he's going to get there. I was like, hold on. I didn't say that right. <laughs> what is dead may never die. Uh, so there is a, a new, uh, the, uh, there's an art thing. And I say art in fucking quotes. <laughs> there's an art thing. Yeah. Hey, Zinni, meow right back at you. Good to see you. Um, oh, what's up, Zin? Yeah. Speaking of, oh, there we go. Speaking of Siren and art, they said um, they do, they drew a thumbnail. Uh, for uh, their their new uh, their, their their channel and it looks good. It's in our Discord. Speaking of, you should check out our Discord link in the description down below. Join the community. Be cool like Siren and Zinni. Um, but speaking of quote unquote art, uh, there's uh, this art installation. This What's that? This just pisses me off. Yeah. I'm, I'm, my blood's boiling already. Yeah, I'm not thrilled about it. Uh, so <sighs> there's this goddamn art installation. Uh, by an Italian artist named Maurizio Catalan, who is apparently famously provocative, but his signature work, a banana taped to a wall, fell prey to a basic impulse, the hunger it provoked in a South Korean college student. So, basically, there's this fucking art exhibit that is a banana taped to a wall. It's called Comedian. And if you think it's more than what we're describing, you're wrong. It is a banana taped to a wall hard stop yeah um that's not a frame not a an indication of this is where the art 
it should be placed. It's just a banana taped to a wall. Yeah. Hard stop. It's supposed to, you know, refer to comedy. Yeah. It's a representation of comedy. And apparently it's a $120,000 installation. Um, yeah. Say that again, Doug. It's How much? 120000 American dollars. Real dollars. $120,000. There you go. So this, this, is, this bothers me on a couple levels. Um, number one, this reminds me of an art exhibit that was in the Tate Modern in London when I visited there in college. Okay. And there was a glass of water that was sitting on a shelf and it was called an oak tree. And there was an interview with the artist who was basically, they're like, what is this? They're like, it's an oak tree. They're like, yeah, but it's a glass of water. He goes, no. In my mind, it's an oak tree. Therefore, it's an oak tree. I remember just looking at it getting so fucking pissed. I was uh-huh. like, someone is somehow getting compensated for this art. And every couple of days, someone probably has to refill this cup of water yeah, because it's art. And... It was just infuriating. And this reminds me of that. Someone's like, hey, I taped a banana on the wall and called a comedian. Eh, eh, boppity boopy. Eh. Right. He's Italian, so he can totally you know, say that. And, you know, this goes down a larger debate of what is art, right? And that is incredibly subjective. Um, but, uh, you know, this banana is replaced every day or two. It's not the same banana the whole time. So right. someone, some poor fuck has to go there every couple of days and tape a new goddamn banana up there. Right. To be like, it's there. It's a banana. So there's that whole, there's all that, right? Like that. I think it's a dumb exhibit. I think it's, it's dumb. And again, we don't have time to go down this rabbit hole. Justice of Justice, our production meeting where we talk about kind of like how we talked about what is a sport. We talk about what is art, which I feel like is a much more intellectual route to go. It could be, but not with us. And I look at this, I was like, listen. I could tape a banana to a wall and be like, comedian. Um, and to me, I'm just like, listen, I, I'm sorry. I expect more out of art, you know, and that is to me absurd. So, well, I, I feel like because so and it, the, the argument always comes back to this where you're like, I could tape a banana to a wall or I could fill a glass with water and put it on the shelf. In fact, this right now I'm going to put it on my shelf up there. Boom. I've got priceless piece of art hanging in my you know my office a lot of people say i could do that and then the response is always well you didn't right someone else this guy did or this woman did or this person did so i understand that whereas where someone takes the time to do the thing my argument would be if if i were to put this on a shelf why isn't that worth $120,000? What makes this something anyone could do? No one did it. So what if I do do that? Does it automatically make it that worth that much money? That's my whole hang up is what makes this, if I were to do something, you know, insane, let's just call it what it is. <laughs> why wouldn't mine be worth that much money? I guess that's where I get, that's, that's, that for me, that's the that's the debate. What makes their insane move more uh, valuable? I don't have an answer for you. Just like oh, I don't I have, an, I, just, I can't explain to you why your dog shits. You know, you know, all night. You know, it's just, you know, is my dog making art? Should I leave it there? Sure. And then sell the house. 
whatever. One man's diarrhea is another man's art. So, um, I don't know. I just, I get frustrated because I, you know, again, it's, it's art is subjective for that very reason. Um, to me, there's like effort that goes into it. You know, the idea that someone fills up a cup of water and goes, no, man, it's an oak tree. It's like, that doesn't take effort. Like you could philosophically go through it down a rabbit hole with it. But for me personally, there needs to be effort behind that. Like someone, when I look at a painting, like an, a magnificent oil painting, I'm like, I can't fucking do that. And someone took the time and the effort to right. craft this. You know, I look at a movie, you know, that I think is art. And I look at I look at the actors. I look at the way that it's edited, the, the music and how it's all put together. And I'm like, wow, that is art. I look at the Sandman or the Watchmen graphic novels. And I read those. And I'm like, the art and everything comes together. I'm like, this, this is beautiful. This is something that has taken time. It's been crafted. I look at right. video games that have been put together and everything. I'm like, that's art. And then fucking banana tape to a wall. I'm like, come on. Like, all these things are not the same, you know? And... I remember also there was another exhibit at the Tate that to this day still haunts me. It was a video of a guy in kind of a creepy clown mask. And he had boxing gloves on and he was naked. And he was like punching himself, like just beating himself up. And then he was like jerking off. And that was like art. And he had sketches of like, I don't know if you want to call it the... uh, um, the sketches of, of like the, I don't know, the, what do you call those? Like the, the, the storyboards oh, of, yeah. of like, that was, I'm like, I'm sitting watching, I'm like, what the fuck are we looking at here? Like, what, Interesting. what, what is this? You know, I'm like, yeah, I don't, I've watched some movies and be like, Hey man, that was not for me. <laughs> Went over my head, you know, but <laughs> when I look at that, I was like, someone did this and like, we've got to put this in this museum, you know, right. like we're, we're taking up real estate in this fucking art place for this. And then I look at this and it's like, there's banana tape to a wall. And they're like, yes, yes. So let's, let's dive into the second half of the story, yeah. though, is that <clears throat> this random student was like, hey, I didn't have breakfast this morning and I'm hungry and I'm in this museum of modern art, presumably the modern art wing. I mean, I'm here and uh, I'm just going to go ahead and yank this banana that's taped to the wall off the wall and eat it. Who does that? Stupid Art or person. not, if I see a banana taped to a wall, my first instinct is not, I'm going to eat that banana. Yeah. My uh, first instinct is, I probably shouldn't touch this banana. It's probably a trap. That's my thing. There's, this yeah. is obviously a trap. This is like yeah. some video game level sort of like you're putting uh, a box out there with, you know, with some with sort like of treat. In a string. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if I see food taped to a wall, I'm probably like, yeah, either someone very specifically has saved that for later and that person right. is desperate. It's not mine. I'm not going to eat that. You know, this isn't how bananas grow. No, you didn't just find this in the wild. Yeah, this could easily be like if this was an apocalypse situation, that's totally a trap to capture somebody. You know, 100%, this could yeah. be last of us sort of situation where there's a banana right. taped to a wall. People are food. I need food. I'm hungry. And they go and they get it's, shot. And then someone takes yeah. them and they eat, they boil their flesh and eat them. Like, that's how this it goes. Is season, this is season 10 of The Walking Dead. I'm pretty sure I saw this. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So the idea is someone's like, I'm hungry. Hey, look, banana. Now, let me ask you this, Justin. Yeah. How hungry would you have to be? <laughs> and, and, and what and what food would it have to be for you to take something that's taped to the wall down and eat it? Yeah, I mean, I look if 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 the I would eat the banana if I was if it had been 
I mean, I would have to be really fucking hungry. We're talking like I can barely crawl my way to that banana. Otherwise, I'm pretty confident I can find food somewhere. I can beg, borrow, or steal and get some some food that's not affixed to a structure to eat. You know, I would I would really have to be, I have a hard time walking. Maybe I'm seeing two bananas and I hope I'm grabbing the right one. Like my vision's blurry. I'm worse for the wear. Otherwise, I'm leaving. If it's if it's taped to a wall, it's going to stay there for a while. I'm not going to an art museum if I'm that hungry. That's fair, too. Why would you be there if you were that hungry, you know? And, and you, you most, most, of those, most of those places have some sort of concessions shop, man. They make money uh, on that sort of stuff. Like, they... They, they, right. they've got uh, like pastries or coffee or something, man, that they, they, there's totally something there. So also yeah. this security here sucks. You know, I think it was last year you had those like, uh, you know, performance terrorists who were basically going up to famous works of art and vandalizing it, you know, yeah. to try and draw attention to the climate crisis. It's like you think every artist art installation would be like, all right, man, we got to really up this in case people try this shit. And this guy literally walks up to something that I'm assuming has a rope. Although this picture yeah. showcases someone that's standing right next to it, taking a picture, so maybe it's not. And they just come over and they eat the banana. Also, you gotta make it's gotta. It begs the question to be like, this has to happen a lot, right? right. This this well, is this is too accessible, you know. Yeah. And it's just like an easy piece of food to grab. Well, I, I love the idea here too. It says that uh, the student, uh, when he was done eating it, he reattached the peel to its spot on the wall, which I will say. That's comedy. Like, if you're going to make an installation piece that's called comedian, that's fucking comedy. Put yeah. the banana peel back on the wall. What I would uh, say is I think that guy was hired by the artist. Because he thinks, Well, he if you read further down in this article, he defended his actions saying he, he studies uh, aesthetics and religion at Seoul National University. He optioned about the artist's intent, saying that uh, if the fruit is replaced every few days, is it meant to be eaten? And so he feels like his actions qualify as art rather than transgression. He feels like he changed or he man, he manipulated the work and put it back on display. And I'm like, you know what? I there seems like there's something deeper going on here. Like cuz it's just odd for me that someone would eat the banana, put it back on and then defend it. Something uh, he knows, I think the student knows the artist. Something went down here. Why would you tape it back up there? That's incredibly weird. That's what I'm saying. Like you knew what you were. You weren't just like I was. I was having fever dreams because I was so hungry. I was hallucinating. No. Yeah. You knew what was up. You knew this was wrong. I think it would make it really funny if someone took it down and tried to use it as a gun, and then like held everyone up and stole an actual piece of art out of the museum, and then on their way out, as they're being chased, they throw the banana down and, and the guards slip on it and fall. Exactly. That. And then they turn around and go, comedy. They're like, comedy comedian. Yeah. Aha. And then they. Aha. You know, and then the guard who's in traction is put on the stretch. Like he's basically he's wheeled back to the location, and it's it's an evolving art piece. Really, it's telling a story. Yeah, and the guy that stole stuff is now Ocean's fourteen. You know, he's like, I did it. I got away with it, guys. You know, I did it. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. So I mean, I don't know, man. Hey, I guess you're hungry. Eat. Um. If you're hungry, eat. Yeah, it's, I don't know, man. Why not? I don't know, man. Uh, yeah. It's it's just, it is what it is. Well, uh, 
and yeah. uh, I'm sad and angry. <laughs> I'm just sad that it it was on display in the first place. Again, like it goes the I, more so than the than the kid eating the banana. I yeah. just what are we doing with with a banana tip to a wall one hundred and twenty thousand dollars? I don't. I don't get called. They made merch out of it. They have that right. banana right. on on their coffee cups there. They fucking they make money off of it. Come people, see the banana. People come take a picture with the banana. Right. What they don't know is I've got fruit taped to my wall. Hey, come to my house. Yeah. Don't have to go over to wherever the fuck this is. Come to my house. Comedian. Ah. <laughs> it's fucking dumb. Hey, I got an apple taped to my wall. Guess what it's called? Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. You know, like it's whatever. I don't know. Right. It serves a very specific demographic. Yeah. Siren goes, I am banana. (laughs) (laughs) I am a banana. All right. Anyway, let's Um, fucking let's 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 get practical, baby. uh, Yeah, I was going to say. You got the questions. We got the answers. All you do is ask. Because uh, nothing about that last topic was practical, so fuck that. Um, no. So, uh, all right, if you've never been here for Ask Practical Doug, uh, Practical Doug is a small Doug that lives inside of Big Doug and helps guide Big Doug in all his life's journeys. Uh, through all the questions and quandaries that may come his way. And the good thing is you can ask Practical Doug anything you want. You can ask him a question. He will answer you. Hopefully, maybe we'll see. You'll have to ask. You can either join us live on Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Central and ask live. And if you do a really good one, we might forego the one we were going to do and do yours. I'm just Mm. saying. You could alter the course of this podcast. You could be a participant in the art we're creating every Tuesday. Think about that while I go on. Uh, Discord, there's a whole channel dedicated to Ask Practical Doug. And then any social medias, hashtag Ask Practical Doug when you at MindGap Podcast on any of the socials. This one, we're going to do another Am I the Asshole? And the one we were going to do got removed. Why? No idea. But we remember most of it. The gist of the post was that this young individual from England an 18-year-old lad, was, uh, he had two donuts, and he was nom, nom, nomin' on him. He was noshing. And his mom brought some friends over. She invited some people over. They came over they unannounced. Came I think that's an important under- distinction. Yes. It wasn't like, hey, on Friday, we're having people over. And then he went and got two donuts on Friday and was like, I'm ready for the people. No, no. He just went, it was like, I need donuts today. And so he treated himself, as you should in life. And mom was like, hey, uh, you know, these guys are here and they came in, they sat down and he continued eating the donuts. Well, his mom got pissed off at him and said how rude it was that he did not offer the guests any of his food, any of the treats that he was treating himself to. And he wanted to know, am I the asshole for not offering food to these uninvited house guests? Doug, what do you think? It's a great question because I know this varies from culture to culture. This is a very culture specific, uh, thing. And, um, I think when I break this down, like when people come visit me at my house, uh, I will often try to offer them something, whether it's often what I offer them is drink. Would you like something to drink? Water, milk. That's what I got. 
That's that's I all I got. In your mouth, whatever Jill's, you want. Jill's got some wine. I that's that's a, that's that's about all. A coffee, we could do that. Yeah. That's that's about all I have to offer. Um, food wise, I typically, I mean, I will be like, do you want? You know, if it's something that's unexpected, I'm like, whatever. And I think is that's the key here. If I'm expecting someone, I'm stocking the place up. I'm cooking for yeah. you. We've been through right. this. What yep. do you what do you want? Like my buddy Colby, one of my oldest friends, came to visit. He's a vegetarian. I made sure to prep the place so that like we had vegetarian food and everything like that. If someone just stops by, I'm kind of of the mind of, I mean, I'll offer you what I got. Right. But if you're like, yeah, man, I'm totally starving. I'm like, well, I mean, there's a Wendy's down the road, you know, if you want to Arby's too, if you want diarrhea, um, <laughs> you know, that's kind of what it is. Or if it's like, if you were stopping by and expecting them, like, dude, I got some chips and dip, you know, I've got some French I, onion dip and some, and some like, you know, you and I will get in on that. Yeah. But if it's people I don't know that well and they just happen to stop by, I mean, like I said, I might offer them something, but I won't feel obligated. And the same thing, if I go to visit someone's house, I'm going to prepare my body appropriately right. to go visit someone's house. Like, I, I, you know, at most, I might ask them for a glass of water. That's it. I'm not asking them for food. I don't no. expect them to offer me food because I'm a picky son of a bitch. Um, unless unless you were, you're going there for a dinner party like unless right. you're like dinner has food has been discussed and it is on the itinerary for what we're about to do then that's a different story but if, yeah. if food has not been discussed food should not be presumed and i know that's an also an old school thing i think it used to be like when you come visit someone's house you know you would Let offer them a roast right hey do you <laughs> want some know. lasagna you know yeah. like it's one of those I, things I that People would just go and they would actually, you know, make refreshments for people. I think in the modern times, that's not something I expect. And in this situation, uh, this person basically being like, yeah, man, I bought two donuts and uh, these people came over. I think maybe the rude thing may have been this person eating in front of them. Apparently, they all had to discuss planning for something. So he was hungry. So he ate his donut while they were there. Maybe there's a little bit of rudeness to that, but even so, I'm like, it's not that big. If someone's like, "Hey, man, I'm eating my breakfast," I'm like, "Yeah, dude, I don't give a shit. Do what you gotta do. If you're hungry, eat." Yeah, I'm in your house. You know, you do your thing, right. man. I remember uh, taking a taxi ride once from the airport to Disney World when I was younger, and there was a taxi driver, and he was in the middle. He had been in the middle of eating his bagel. And his bagel had like, you know, jelly all over it and stuff like that. And he would like, he, he got us and he didn't get to finish it. So he, he was like chatting us up and stuff. And he kind of had it like sitting on the console. <laughs> I think I just kept staring at it. Like, look at that bagel with jelly on it. And it got to the point where he, I think he noticed me staring at it. So he just took a napkin and just like covered it. Like, <laughs> I think he got self-conscious of it. And I, I felt bad because I'm like, yeah. I'm just staring at your, at your breakfast that, you know, obviously yeah. he was hungry and didn't get a chance to eat it. And I felt bad. Like this poor guy just <laughs> yeah. wanted to eat. So personally, uh, I'm of the mindset of in this particular situation, uh, this this person was not rude for not offering his donuts uh, in particular. I mean, again, if there was something else, because it seems specific that his mom was mad that he ate and then didn't offer that to them. There was only two right. donuts. So, yeah. What are the uh, is this? You, it's not like you're uh, Jesus on the Mount, you know, like, so, yeah, uh, I mean, I'm going to turn these two donuts into breakfast for a continental breakfast for everybody. If he brought back two dozen donuts, walked in the door, was like, what's up, guys? And just walked into the kitchen. He's like, oh, I got these for me. Mom, mom, mom. Yeah. 
I mean, if you've got a, a bunch of shit, it's like, yeah, offer it. But if he's like, I've got two no- donuts that I bought this morning. You came by unannounced. I'm hungry. I'm going to eat my breakfast. Right. He's not the asshole. Like, right. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I, I would say, you know, if if he needed to be part of the conversation, um, one thing, if not, you know, he could have probably removed himself and had breakfast somewhere else in another yeah. room of the house. Uh, maybe, maybe, maybe that. But uh, again, you show up unannounced. I'm rocking my I'm doing what I'm doing at my house. Yeah. You know, this is. That's what it is. And uh, yeah. of course, there will be those that say it's his mom's house, not his house. True. So his mom should have offered. Isn't that the thing? Shouldn't she have offered? Not him. You oh, know? It's her house. Yeah, there you go. You know? Now we got it. How come she didn't have power. anything available to offer them? I remember one time a friend of mine who's cool. he's just classic known for this. He'll be like, hey, man, I'm in your neighborhood. And I'm like, okay. He's like, cool. I'd love to hang out. I'm like, I'd love to hang out with him. And the thing is, like, I want to hang out with him, but it's just always so sudden. And then yeah. one time he did this, I was like, I'm literally doing my laundry right now. And I lived in an apartment. So it was like, I have to go down and get it out of the, the shared area and bring it back up. So I'm like, you can hang out with me while I do my laundry. And he did. And he was totally cool. It was fine. It was a classic moment where I'm like, my apartment is, is not clean and whatever. Yeah. But you're here. You didn't give me advance notice. So I'm doing my laundry. Come hang out. Like, And he was like, yeah. okay. And he did. And we hung out. It well, was totally cool. If you don't give people notice, don't expect, you know, because like right now, my house is, you know, we've got like, there's dust bunnies on the ground. Like we haven't. You there's know, dog in, shit everywhere. <laughs> there is. We painted the fucking walls. My kitchen wall looks like a Jackson Pollock painting. And it yes. is disgusting. Yeah. We just painted um, over the poop. You know, we're like, I don't want to clean this like, up yeah. anymore. <laughs> Texture, baby. Dude. But yeah, no, like if you don't Can give I people. Can I deviate just for one moment? This brought back yeah. psychological trauma. When I worked at the hotel, this disgusting little gateway into the ether that is hell, the employee bathroom was absolutely disgusting. It was one of the worst places to go to, and I had to go there every day. It smelled like rotten, stale piss all the time because guys just, you know, at urinals, for some reason, can't always piss in the urinal. They would piss on the floor. So it was like this permanent yellow stain, orange stain there and the place just reeked there was no ventilation it was one flickering light away from walking in and just expecting someone to be chained to the ventilator as if it's a saw movie they had like black and white tile floor it was disgusting and the worst part was if you had to take shit in there uh because it's also the locker room there's always people coming and going but people would go to take shits in there and they would pick their nose and they would wipe their boogers on the wall all right okay Yep. And here's the thing. No one yep. ever cleaned them off. So it got to the point where they basically fossilized. Like and at it. one I point, get... one no. of the guys from engineering was like repainting the place. And he told me, he goes, dude, you have no idea how hard I tried to scrape that stuff off. It wouldn't come off. So he had to paint over them. So in the bathroom, you'd look, you'd see all these little bumps under the paint for where this guy had to paint over the boogers. It was, it's to the, I still have on my phone, I have pictures of this. Oh, why would you keep pictures of that? Because I like to know where I came from, Justin. I have to remind myself of how far I've come in my life because I go back to those moments. I'm like, this is the hellhole I went to every single day for six years. Oh man, that's, that is disgusting. That is rough. So when I inadvertently was making a joke about you peeing over the poop that brought back this memory of. Painting over boogers from adult men who just couldn't. And the thing was, practical Doug stepping in here, you've got toilet paper. Mm-hmm. You've got a toilet. 
I mean, if you want to go real nasty, you can just eat it. But no, these wild. guys would yeah. pick their nose and be like, yeah, and just put it on the wall. Almost like it's some serial killer putting together their trophies, you know? It's just lying the walls. And you look on left to right, there's boogers on both walls. It was a fucking nightmare. It's an absolute nightmare. It's horrendous. I don't like anything about that. That's gross. So uh, I want to go to the chat real quick here. Uh, Because Siren uh, says, in the UK, if the food is purchased by the person eating, they can do what they like with what they buy. They can stick it to a wall if they want. Uh, offer drinks is fine. Food, biscuits is offered if you have any biscuits as cookies over in the U.S. Uh, if the guy bought their donuts, it's for him. If I recall, they had two donuts. How is two donuts going to feed his mother's friends? Exactly. Absolutely. So, you know, now you get it. Yep. So, yeah. So I'd say this guy's not the asshole. Ruled. Done. Ta-da! We did it. Wait, we gotta have a ruling made. It's, it is decided. It is decided. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, that was oh, fun. Boy. Dougie, oh, what boy. do you gotta recommend this week? Oh, you start with me. Oh, okay. Well, I decided to speak. Oh, how about that? I'm so glad you decided to speak. Um, for me, I actually have a podcast I'd like to recommend called History That Doesn't Suck. Um, it's hosted by Greg Jackson and, um, I was listening to one of my other favorite podcasts called real dictators. And this was actually advertised on there. And he, um, he suggests basically his approach to this is like, he's like, history is always boring. And I very much remember going back to like my time in like history class growing up. And it was like, Hey, read this and memorize it. Cause it's going to be on the test. Mm-hmm. And you'd read these facts, which looking back on through Missouri education were, I don't know, loosely written. Um, but what this guy does is he tells you about history through stories and he does incredible research and he adds sound design. And, you know, I started at the very beginning, which is basically like pre-revolutionary war, like 1740s. And he talks about George Washington as a youth, about how this... 22 year old essentially is is at this fort fort necessity getting with 150 of his troops who are getting their asses kicked by the native americans and the french and it's like how did george washington get to this moment he's like let's rewind and take a look at that and also just he's just such a good job of telling the story of this stuff and right now i'm I'm up to like we just went through the boston massacre and we're getting to like the boston uh tea party and he's just Filling in a lot of the nuances and demystifying some of these like um, uh, founding fathers that we like hold up as these amazing people like John Hancock. Yeah. The dude, as Greg Jackson puts it, was essentially like uh, Batman of that time. He was a super wealthy bachelor who was kind of a vigilante because he's, you know, was associated with the Sons of Liberty and uh, his parents had died. He actually... He was the most he was the wealthiest guy in Boston because he inherited a shipping import business from his uncle who was a fucking smuggler. <laughs> like just it was that what totally like, changes the narrative, yeah. You're like, holy shit, like what? And yeah. you just I don't know, it's like realizing that these were real human beings and he does a good such a good job with his research. It's incredibly entertaining. I really enjoy it. It's history that doesn't suck with Greg Jackson. 
I highly recommend it. I think I'm getting to that point in my life where I'm like, I told this to Joe, I'm like, I'm becoming like a dad that's like, I'm into history now. I want to know about the history. And I just. <laughs> it happens to everyone. Like it happens. All, all of a sudden, one Christmas, you get a book about the Civil War and you're like, well, I guess that's it. I just, it's I find fun. it fascinating because yeah. I realized the stuff that I learned was not nuanced. It was right. just this right. thing. Remember it for the test. And now as I'm going back and like breaking apart different aspects, like for the longest time, I was like, how did World War One happen? I remember it was like, like, you know, Archduke Franz Ferdinand was assassinated, but why was he assassinated? And also you realize how World War One absolutely led to World War Two. Like just like everything, all the, the building blocks that go into that. You're like, holy shit. Like I right. get how that could happen. It's it's absolutely well, it's fascinating. It's a lot easier too when you find someone like this who who breaks it down because it can be overwhelming to sit there and 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 really try to put it together yourself and do the research and some people like it. I don't have the patience for it. So when I can find someone who has put it together like this in an entertaining, uh, digestible way, I love like th- this is my jam. So I'm definitely gonna be checking this podcast out. Yes, it's totally cool. Highly recommend yeah. it. Check it out, Justin. What do you got to recommend? I'm gonna recommend the movie Air. On Amazon Prime, streaming on Prime right now. That's the uh, the movie about how the Air Jordan came to be, directed by Ben Affleck, starring Matt Damon and Ben Affleck and uh, uh, Viola Davis and Seth made the same joke I did. Airbud, yep, there it is. Yeah. It's the prequel to Airbud. Air, yeah, <laughs> great movie uh, about a great dog. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, hold on. I'm going to, oh yeah. Chris Tucker. Um, yeah. Oh, Jason Bateman. That was the other one I was trying to remember. Yeah. It's got a great cast. Um, sometimes I know you and I talked a little bit about how there's a lot of movies right now for some reason about, uh, companies or things that are like, like real things that are actually, that actually got made and like the retelling of how they got there, like air Blackberry, Flaming Hot Tetris, Unfrosted the Pop Touch Story. Like there's a lot of there's a lot of these types of movies, you know, that are coming out, the ton of them that have came out. But Air really stuck out to me. I I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, the writing was good, acting was good, and you know, I'm assuming they did a pretty good job sticking to as close to what happened. You know, there's no way you're gonna get all the conversations behind closed doors and the nuances of what the relationships were like, but there was a lot of uh, – they showed a few reference pictures from scenes and, like, they'd set things up. So I have to assume it went down a rel- relatively close to how that how that happened. Um, I will say Jordan's mom, if this part of the story is true, she is a fucking boss. She's amazing. She was the one that said, yeah, uh, you know, we'll accept your terms. There was just one thing on the offer sheet that you guys omitted – uh, my son's gonna get a cut of every shoe sold that has his name on it, and they're like, "Well, that's not how the that's not how the business works." And she goes, "Well, I know, but maybe it's time the business changed." And she's like, "If you want him this bad, this is what's gonna happen." And they're like, I, well, "I don't." And like they hemmed and hawed, and finally they went back to her and said, "You know what? Fuck it. All right, fine. We'll we'll do it." And there's a great line at the end, and uh, you know, spoilers if you if you don't, you know, they they signed Jordan, Nike got him. Um, you know, the ship sank. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. there's a scene where Ben Affleck's sitting on the, uh, the couch and he's like, he's like, I'm worried we've set a dangerous precedent for, uh, for the rest of the athletes out there. They're all going to want this. He's like, ah, 
you know what? Fuck it. What's the most we've ever made on a tennis shoot? Three million dollars. <laughs> He's one guy. How much can we? How much is? How much can he move? Yeah. And then the thing comes up that says like in the first year. Air Jordan sold $164 million worth of shoes. And to this day, they're a $4 billion, uh, that division alone for Nike rakes in $4 billion. Jordan makes $400 million in passive income a year off of that. It's f- fucking amazing. So still kudos. argue it was Dolores a worthwhile Jordan. deal for everybody. Absolutely. You know? But kudos to Dolores Jordan for uh, she, she was a fucking boss. If that's truly how it went down, God damn, that's the kind of person you want in your corner. Yeah, pretty yeah. amazing. Good so stuff. It was a good I, movie. I'm looking say. forward. I'm going to check that out. That'll be on uh, my short list yeah. of stuff to watch after uh, I wrap up Game of Thrones here on my rewatch. So, Hoo-ah. well, gang, thanks so much for hanging out with us. As always, it's, it's just an absolute delight to uh, be here doing the podcast and to do doing it with, with my, my best bud, Justin. So you all great. Thank you for listening. And uh, if you'd like to be so kind, if you're watching us on YouTube, hit the like button, hit the subscribe button. It costs you nothing and it helps us a ton. We'd really appreciate it. Uh, also check out the links in the description down below for our discord. Come join, be part of the family. You can check out our merch at redbubble.com and you can support us on patreon.com slash mindgappodcast if you'd like to throw some money our way. You can also follow us on all our social media at mindgappodcast. And don't forget to follow Justin as well. On Instagram at Justin underscore Michael, spelled M-I-K-E-L. It's the fun way of spelling it. And while you're in the online online realm, check us out on all the places where you can find quality podcasts. You'll be able to find us there and listen to us. And we'd love it if you shared us and subscribed, rated, reviewed, all those things. Showed us a little love on there. The big one is sharing. Let people know that we're a podcast you listen to because that goes a hell of a long way. Recommendations from you mean the world to people you know. Just remember that. And then 2EastEighth.com and 2EastEighth on all social medias and 2East, uh, sorry, LoveAndImprovFilm.com and LoveAndImprovFilm on Instagram. We're hopefully starting to chug forward just a little bit with the on the investor front so we might chug chug maybe chug, we'll chug 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 yeah so we'll see yeah cool hopefully better more news coming soon fingers crossed hell yeah well with that being said i want to say justin thank you douglas thank you chat thank you listeners thank you and you all have a dandy fucking week mind gap podcast